welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars. So excited to be with you again another week. My name is Tim Allenball, and I'm joined by Josh Pick and David Stout. We are all at Tomahawk Nation, and we are excited to talk about Florida State recruiting. And uh, it's going to be a two pods in one week special. Uh, we really want to make sure that we are bringing you all the information we can especially after a little bit of lull in recruiting. So let's jump right into it. Josh, how are you, buddy? What's going on, boys? Glad you are here. David Stout, my friend, how are you doing? Doing well, man. The season's finally upon us. It's September. That doesn't mean a bit of difference in, in uh, Florida as far as the weather concerns, but um, super excited that, that football season is finally here. Yes, and so we are recording on September 1st, and I wish we had like, I don't know if Perry's going to edit this in later, but if we had the budget, this is where we would need like alarms going off, bells sounding, because September 1st is a big deal uh, for recruiting. And uh, Josh, the Android pick, has been hyping David and I up about this day. Josh, why is this such an important day in recruiting? Coaches are able to contact recruits from the class of 2023 without going through coaches and other back channels and it just it, it makes for an easier stream of communication they can start sending the kids edits and then the other thing is that these coaches can get now for the first time in almost two full years get back on the road and see some kids face to face yeah so 2023 kids are officially on the market uh for the recruiting with everything above the table no uh back channel communications they can all go straight to the to the source and uh, straight to the source is what we saw right at midnight last night. Is that right, Josh? We started seeing edits and, and pictures and tweets and stuff start flying uh, like as soon as the clock struck midnight. Yeah, I mean, these, these guys are all over it. And we saw it with the, the midnight madness with Florida State coaches. You know, these guys have got a plan. They're always ready when that clock strikes. When it's their time, they're ready to go. Yeah, um, and so we thought what we would do on this podcast is kind of cover the 2023 class not, not way into detail, but kind of just go position by position, who we think Florida State has as their priority, uh, who may already be committed, and, and who they're paying the most attention to. Uh, so if you like the sound of Josh Pick, this is going to be a Josh uh, Pick specialty podcast because he's got all the information. David's, of course, going to give his play-by-play -play as, as we do, and uh, I will just sit back and let these stars shine. So, Josh, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about offense first, and let's talk about the quarterback position. Uh, Chris Parson, without the S, Josh, uh, already committed to Florida State. Are we seeing anything else in the uh, 2023 class as it comes to quarterback? Well, it was cool that Florida State was able to send out their commitment ed edits last night officially to these kids, and we saw Chris Parson, uh, obviously, as one of the, the ringleaders for Tribe 23. He got that, and he posted it out on social, and Great job again by K Camp and Kyle Pulek and that entire team over at Florida State. They've just really taken it to the next level as far as edits and all this stuff with the kids. And, um, you know, we've talked about it for years with at the end of Jimbo Fisher and Willie Taggart and, you know, that recruiting staff just they didn't get social media. They didn't know how to connect with the kids, but this staff definitely does. And uh, they did an awesome edit for Chris Parson. Chris Parson was all over social media last night. And then the other kid that they really, reached out to was Tyler Jefferson, a kid that loves Florida State, probably more than Florida State loves him at this point, um, a left-handed quarterback from Fort White, Florida. And 
who knows? I mean, there's some kids obviously that Florida State's sending stuff to that they're just not huge on social media. They're not posting that stuff out. And so, you know, probably a kid like Dante Moore that Florida State's still pursuing and some other kids from that 2023 class that we don't know about as far as edits go. But those are the two that we saw stuff from last night. Yeah, and if I think I have this right, Chris Parson has now played in two games already this year uh, and is already putting up some amazing highlights. So if you haven't if you haven't seen those, catch up with his huddle highlights. They're all over Twitter. Uh, this kid is underrated right now uh, and is going to blow up even more. And I think to David's point, if he was probably two inches taller, he would be a, a, a high four-star. All right, let's stick on offense and move to the running back position, Josh. Uh, what's, what's this uh, position or this class already starting to look like just at the beginning here? Well, the one kid that they're obviously going to try and hammer is Richard Young from, from Lehigh. And, I mean, let's just put it this way. The kid's in national recruits, so Florida State's going to have their work cut out from them. But it seems like he likes Florida State. And Florida State, that's one of the kids they sent out a special to get it to last night. And Richard Young's been posting some stuff today. He just posted a picture of himself in Florida State gear, the Go Knowles hashtag. And so that's always cool to see. But that's a, that's a situation where a kid that loves Ohio State, he likes Clemson, he's going to be – and with Alabama, so Florida State's going to have their work cut out for him if they want to get Richard Young. It helps that his coach is a former Noel and James Chaney down there in Lehigh and Omarion Cooper, who signed with Florida State Tribe 21. So there's some connections there, but as, as, I've, as I've been saying, Richard Young, that's going to be a hard one. And another kid, obviously, uh, Cedric Baxter, a kid that was once committed to Florida State. We'll see if Florida State's able to get back in it with him. Yeah, uh, Cedric Baxter is a kid. I think that, uh, you know, when when you're recruited a class or committed a class ahead, it's easy to look past those kids and they don't really get the hype necessarily. But uh, he's a kid that I think uh, the more that fans see him, the more they're going to realize, wow, Florida State had a stud committed. Uh, so they're really hoping that we can pull him back in. David, I think it was you that mentioned a couple of days ago in our Slack chat. Richard Young just looks like an Alabama running back. <laughs> he's, he's exactly what you've seen the last few years at Alabama. And if Florida State were to somehow go down to the wire and pull him, I mean, he's your stud, and, and he's probably starting day one at Florida State. Yeah, Richard Young is phenomenal. Um, he, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to finish among the top three nationally ranked uh, running backs for his class. Um, he'll be fighting with a couple guys up there, but he is just, you know, when you look at kids like him, sometimes every once in a while, you'll see a running back who you're like, he could probably play in college right now as a, as an upcoming senior an upcoming junior whatever, you know, you look at kids like Cam Akers had that mold. Um, and Richard Young is just, he does. He, he just has that look of a kid who goes to Alabama. They plug him into a system and he wins the Heisman after three years um, or in Ohio State or something. And so huge fight. But um, as Josh said, he legitimately likes FSU. He's connected well with the coaches. Um, so Florida State's going to be in it. Um, and I, I feel good that at some point they're going to get him on campus again. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be a, a fight. And, um, one thing FSU is going to have going for it is the offensive line class is bringing in this year. I'm sure they'll sell him on that quite a bit as well as AJ Duffy and, and some of the skill guys who are coming in. But, um, this is, this is a recruitment where FSU is going to have to be fully committed. If you catch our drift. 
Yes, uh, we'll, we'll, we will not lay it on any thicker than that. We'll leave it just at that. Josh, one other thought before we jump to wide receivers. Yeah, just looking at Richard Young's night the other night, he had 205 yards and three touchdowns in the first half for Lehigh. So uh, he's pretty good. He's uh, he's a monster and uh, awesome, awesome player. And I think the thing that always stands out about Richard Young to me is the size of that kid's neck. It's unbelievable. And it's just frightening. I'll just leave it at that. That, that, that kid's neck. And I have a massive head. His neck is like thicker than my head. It's, it's, it's awesome. All right, Josh, let's go to a, a position that's loaded. It's the, you know, it's the wide receiver class. The first wide receiver to mention is commitment. Van Travis Jacobs, Florida State sent out him a commit edit last night. He was all fired about that. We talked to him and uh, three names I want to mention uh, that Florida State sent out specialty edits to are five-star wide receiver, Jalen Brown from Gulliver Prep, who's coming up for the Notre Dame game this weekend. Uh, Hakeem Williams from Shanahan, who teams up with commitment Omar Graham. He's also coming up for the Notre Dame game. And then Santana Fleming, who seems like he's almost a silent commitment. Um, another kid that Florida State's all over, and he seems to like Florida State quite a bit. Um, a couple more names. Dade Christians, William Foles. Coach Dugans likes him a lot. He seems like he's all about Florida State. And then Quincy's Amari Borden. And then two more names that guys that are committing in the next couple months. Uh, Nathaniel Joseph from Edison, who's committing next week. Um, it seems like Clemson is probably the leader for him at this point. And then Carnell Tate from IMG. And that seems like as of now, it's probably an Ohio State Notre Dame battle. And so, David, I wanted to go over to you. Wide receiver is, is your position. Out of all these players not committed to Florida State, who's, uh, who's top on your board? Yeah, man, you knew I was going to jump in on this one. Um, and I'm with Josh, you know, as far as Nathaniel Joseph goes, the signs are pointing to Clemson right now. Um, but he is planning to come to the Notre Dame game as an unofficial visitor. So we'll see if FSU can sway him a little bit there. Um, and Carnell Tate, yeah, you know, as much as I would love to see that connection between him and A.J. Duffy continue, at the next level, it does seem, if I had to guess, I'd guess Ohio State right now, but Notre Dame, people are also confident. So um, he's originally from the Mideast. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But um, so excited about this group. If, if y'all didn't know, if you haven't listened to other podcasts, I go nuts when I'm talking about the 2023 wide receiver class because it is loaded. Um, and the three names that Josh mentioned outside of um, the commitment, Jacobs, uh, in Jalen Brown, Hakeem Williams, and Santana Fleming. If I had to guess who's at the top three of the board right now for uncommitted targets, it's probably those three, and it's probably in that order. Um, Jalen Brown is just, he's an all-around stud. There aren't any real weaknesses to his game. Um, basically, you know, sometimes when you see wide receivers come up through college, they're really, really good at one or two things. Um, and that's what gets them noticed. That, that's what gets them the higher star ranking. But when you really dive into their film, you notice, wow, this guy's not a very good route runner or his footwork really needs a lot of coaching or he doesn't understand how to high point the ball or he jumps when he doesn't need to, you know, all those little things. But when you look at Jalen Brown's film, there are really no glaring weaknesses to it. He's, he's fully competent in just about every area as a wide receiver. Um, and that's scary to think about because that gives you quite a foundation to build on when he already has such a high ceiling. So he's an absolute stud. Um, Hakeem Williams may be my favorite of all the wide receivers in this class. He is oozing with potential. His size is fantastic. 
Um, he's, he's got future number one wide receiver marked all over him. Um, and Santana Fleming, I got, you know, it, it's, he's always sending out the kebabs and all of his tweets and everything. I absolutely love the kid. He, he's gotta be a silent commitment at this point, or if not close to it, um, was kind of surprised to see that he's not coming up as of this time to the Notre Dame game. Maybe that'll change, but, uh, there's no doubt FSU is going to get him back on campus at least one more time during this, um, this football season. So those three names, absolutely crucial to watch for. Um, one name I was kind of surprised that we didn't see go out is Adam Hopkins, just because I know how much he likes FSU, um, has some teammates who really like FSU. But at the same time, as Josh mentioned, some of these cases, Florida State just prioritizes other guys. So we'll see what happens with the makings of it. But um, absolutely stoked for where 2023 wide receiver class is looking. Well, and the other thing that we mentioned at the top is that, you know, a kid like Adam Hawkins might just be a situation where Florida State sent him an edit and he didn't share it. Gabe Harris was the same way, and those two are tight. And I know they both like Ohio State, but they also both like Florida State quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, moving over to the tight end spot, I don't know if there's even really any names to, to call out here, but I definitely wanted to stop at this position and check with you before we move to the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, the, the one name that stands out, obviously, is commitment, Randy Randy Pittman, who's all about Florida State, and he was fired about the, edit, the commitment edit that Florida State sent him last night. We talked to him, and, um, yeah, I mean, the board right now is very small, but obviously you would expect that to expand because Florida State, that's another room that Florida State still needs to turn over. Okay, so let's move over to the offensive line and uh, which names are standing out there after Florida State's already put together a pretty solid class so far and really hoping to – reel in some 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 big names in the 2022 class with Elijah Pritchett maybe and Julian Armella but uh the 2023 class I gotta tell you I'm, I'm not as familiar with these names so I'm curious to who you're gonna highlight here well the first one I gotta go to is David's guy uh, from Orlando Peyton Kirkland and I'll just let him take the floor so Peyton Kirkland you'll hear me talk about him more later and you're gonna hear me talk about him a lot over the coming year um, Peyton Kirkland is a kid who's been on my radar for about three years now since he was had just gotten into high school uh, because he was already showing the makings of, of a beast at offensive tackle. But, you know, something we've tried to highlight uh, on previous podcasts and in the recruiting threads is giving guys credit when they're able to completely transform their bodies without having to go into a college weight program or anything like that. And, Kirkland is one of those guys, he just sent out a tweet that we'll have to drop in the recruiting thread or maybe in a story soon that shows the transformation he's made in his body and doing it on his own, just putting in the hard work and everything. He is, I mean, I can't wait to see what he does this year. He's going to, he's going to definitely Michael or some, some kids out there, but um, he's somebody who FSU has really made a priority. And um, regardless of who they bring in, this class in 2022, he's still going to be a priority for them moving forward in 2023. Yeah, and and he that tweet, he looks like a totally different person. Uh, it's unbelievable his transformation, and uh, he's going to make an impact and, and definitely be a top target. Josh, who else is uh, Florida State looking at? Uh, Johnny Williams, a kid from Macon, who Coach Atkins and Coach Thompson are kind of tag teaming that recruitment. Um, Jordan Church, who's a huge kid from Fort Myers. Uh, Bubba Bubba Jeffries. You can tell he's a country kid. He's from uh, Alcoa, Tennessee. Um, Samson Okinlola from up at Thayer Academy up in Massachusetts. Um, Joshua Miller from Life Christian in Virginia 
who uh, likes Florida State quite a bit. He's visited. He went down to camp this summer. Uh, Coach Atkins likes him. Probably needs to reshape his body a little bit. Probably an interior guy, but Florida State likes him a bit. And then the final name is uh, Kelton Smith, who's from Carver High School, uh, Elijah Pritchett's line mate. So uh, that's a definitely a name to watch, and he'll, he'll be up for the Florida State game this weekend. That's awesome. Uh, definitely would love to get uh, Elijah Pritchett in and, and start that connection. Let's uh, stay on the line, jumping to the defensive side. I don't know if you want to combine defensive tackles. Uh, no, let's, let's leave them separate. Let's just look at defensive tackles alone, uh, some names that are standing out there. Uh, this is a position, honestly, that I feel like Florida State uh, along with linebacker, they really need to knock it out of the park over these next few classes. Uh, it, and it wouldn't shock me if we saw, and I think, David, you've mentioned this before, uh, defensive tackle may be a position we see that the JUCO ranks uh, or, or grad, grad transfers are really hit over the next few years. Josh, but defensive tackle names to know here. Uh, John Walker, a kid from Kissimmee uh, that Florida State sends a specialized edit to last night is a name to know, obviously. Uh, and then his teammate who – is right now probably in between defensive end and defensive tackle, Derek LeBlanc. Um, so that's a name to know. Um, Joel Starlings from Richmond is a the kid they, they, they're on, and he likes Florida State quite a bit. Keith Sampson from New Bern in North Carolina. Uh, Jamie and Buxton from down in um, – those are probably the biggest names right now as far as uh, defensive tackle. Yeah, and uh, so we'll see uh, if Odell is still kicking in another year. And if he can make any impact at that position. Uh, but David, I, I think the, the first name Walker is, is one that we've kind of talked about a little bit uh, and he's not too far, you know, I mean, obviously in the state of Florida, but uh, is that is somebody, that somebody that, that are any of these players in, in your thoughts, David, the ones that, you know, instant impact type players, or will we continue to see with defensive tackle They're they're a, a position that takes a year or two to really make an impact. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's there are any guys in the 2023 cycle, just like there aren't any in the 2022 cycle at defensive tackle who Odell is going to be able to put into the lineup right away on purpose, right? Like if injuries dictate it, then unfortunately you get what you get. But um, it's so rare to find a defensive tackle who's who's that far along and ready to contribute anyway. So yeah, if you're if you're asking me what position is FSU going to really look to the transfer portal on in this next cycle, it's going to be defensive tackle, and then after that, I sure hope it's going to be linebacker, and, and we'll get to that. But um, yikes! So yeah, but uh, yeah, Walker and LeBlanc, those are the two jewels I would say as of right now that FSU is looking at. And Josh, so we'll move over to defensive end, and I think I know exactly where we're going to start with. Uh, with a certain legacy commit, but Josh, uh, defensive end, what's it looking like for Florida State? You wanted me to mention Lamont Green Jr. I wasn't even planning to talk about him, but I guess <laughs> hey, who's I, that? I guess if you insist, we'll go with Boots. Yeah, he uh, he just and then you know Lamont Senior posted a picture of Lamont Jr. earlier today, and it was like this kid is absolutely yoked. Like, there's no way this kid's 16 years old, right? Like he's a monster. <laughs> right. And and uh, on the Three Stars Twitter account, we posted some video from this weekend and. Lamont Green Jr. is just amazing getting off that line and just destroying quarterbacks, strip sacks right and left, and just an agile player, just an unbelievable player. And um, one name to mention, another kid from Carver High School. So, like, keep an eye there. Like, Florida State's getting after Georgia. They're getting after Carver High School, which is where Elijah Pritchett is. And this kid's Darren Reed. He was one of the first kids to post last night. He goes, Florida State offered me first, and they were the first program to hit me up on September 1st. 
So like that just shows you Florida State knows who they're prioritizing and they're really paying attention to details. Another kid is going to go up along with Smith and Pritchett this weekend to Florida State. And I think if Florida State's able to land Elijah Pritchett, they're going to be able to get those two kids in as well. So that's really cool to see. Um, a kid that was a linebacker but has now moved in. He's gotten so big. He's down at IMG as Malik Bryant from the Orlando area. I know uh, Papuchis and Chris Marv and some of the other ones are, are in his recruitment. And another kid that's a national recruit, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I'm sure Clemson will get in in there. Um, he likes Florida State, but another one where it's, they're going to have to battle with all they've got and then some resources in there as well. Uh, Kelby Collins, a kid from Alabama who's a top 50 kid, probably I would expect if Alabama wants him, Alabama's going to get him. Xavier uh, Hardy, a kid from Macon that likes Florida State. Uh, it was cool to see them sending him something. Samuel Mpemba, a kid from IMG who's listed as an athlete, but probably a deep. Um, Florida State's probably on the outside looking in there. He's a really talented player. And uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Lamont Green Jr. All right. This is, uh, this is the part I'm, I'm kind of scared to go to. Uh, let's talk about linebackers where I feel like Florida State's probably struggled the most so far in recruiting this year and, and probably could even say last year as well. Um, it, it's a position that we expected them to hit the grad transfer portal this, this past season, and they really didn't. Uh, and uh, obviously, it's probably a, a place where we expect them to struggle the most uh, on defense this year. So it's definitely a position in need. Uh, David, I, I feel like I, I'm not wrong in saying that for the 2022 class, for the top targets at linebacker that Florida State was looking at, I would say they're on the outside looking in on just about all of those, those targets. Is that right for the 2022 class? I mean, yeah, I would say for 2022, there is no top target who FSU is a clear-cut favorite for. Um, and we'll get into this more, you know, as we talk about the visitors for Notre Dame, but they're going to have a big fight on their hands for all the kids left who are on the top upper echelon of their, of their target list. And that's, you know, that's a reflection on, on the coaches. Um, that's a reflection on, you know, the current players and all that stuff. But the good news is when you look at 2023, there are some very talented athletes athletes at linebacker that FSU is going to be right in the thick of. Yeah, Josh. So uh, what are some of those names at the linebacker position? Well, the first one you got to start with is Tallahassee Lincoln's Raylan Wilson, a uh, kid that's been on campus a million times. Florida State sent him especially at it last night. and Absolute superstar who's uh, going to be at the Notre Dame game this weekend. And uh, three other names to know are Raul Aguiar from Georgia, who's cousins with Dante Lucas. So as long as Dante Lucas doesn't end up hating Florida State, uh, the Knoll should be in pretty good there. I know that Chris Marv is making him a priority. Uh, Javon Brown from Deerfield Beach, and then uh, D. Creighton from Alpharetta. Okay. And all four of those names, Tim, are fantastic players. If FSU could go four for four on that group, you're talking top linebacker class in the nation potential. I, I will not hitch my wagon to that prediction, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, we'll see what happens in the linebacker room and the linebacker coaching room as well over these next few classes. Josh, let's take it home with the secondary, uh, a, a position that Florida State always seems to have stars all over the field, a position that they have some, some studs for the 2022 class. I uh, can't go a podcast without mentioning Travis Hunter. But uh, for the 23 class, Josh, 
Uh, what's the secondary shaping up to look like uh, here at the beginning or the start of the, uh, the contact period? Yeah, as of now, safety seems kind of limited. Uh, one, one name really to look for there is Makari Vickers, another kid who's a local kid in Tallahassee, and they sent him a specialty last night. Um, the other name is the unicorn, Sonny Styles from Ohio. Uh, he's coming down this weekend for the game, but he's got a brother that plays at Notre Dame, and being from Ohio, you know he's all about Ohio State, and he's got some connections there as well. So I'd, I'd look for, as of now, Ohio State-Notre Dame battle with Sonny Styles. Uh, corner, kind of some of the biggest names to know are Sharif Denson from Bartram Trail in Jacksonville, uh, Avian Terrell from Atlanta, Westlake, and then Tony Mitchell from Alabama. Yeah, Tony Mitchell's a name I, I think that we've uh, we've talked about some in the past. That that would be a huge land, uh, and he's he's actually showed Florida State some love. But that's that's a kid, Josh. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's going to be a national recruit with all the big names going in on him as well. Yeah, and another name to mention is Cormani McLean. I didn't see any activity last night, but I'm sure Florida State's all about him. Uh, Sam McCall teammate who is like a turnover machine. This guy, every single game has like one or two interceptions, and he's just an unbelievable athlete. And Florida State's in, in good early with McLean, but that's going to be another one that's a national recruit and a tough battle. And, and that's one reason why it's really important to hold on to Sam McCall, in my opinion. Can you imagine going against a high school team where the secondary has Sam McCall Cormani McLean in it. It's, it just, yeah, good luck. <laughs> run the run the ball, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which which uh, five star do you want to throw the ball at? Uh, yeah, neither of them. So exactly. Well, Josh, thank you for going into cyborg mode and having all these names available. David, let me kick it over to you before we call it uh, call it a night. Uh, out of everybody that we've talked to, players that are not committed to Florida State are ready. What's one player that you really feel good about for Florida State's class? I know we're way, way far away from that, but what's a name that you really feel confident in? For 2023? Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I still feel pretty confident for Gabe Harris. Um, so I know Gabe Harris was originally committed to Florida State and then for whatever reason um, felt like he needed to decommit. That's cool. No problem. Whatever. Um, has gone down some different roads or, or whatever. But regardless of that, you can tell that the love is still there for Florida State. And the love that Florida State has for him has not, you know, left or anything like that either. So I'm still pretty confident in Gabe Harris, um, which is a good thing because he's going to be a hell of a player, a very, very talented kid. Um, and also one that I would anticipate we're going to see quite often at Florida State home games this year. Josh, I'll, I'll go to you with the last question. Same, same, same question, actually. Uh, and then we'll call this, this podcast to an end. Uh, what's a name that you're feeling pretty confident? Not saying that they're going to come to Florida State, but right now, if you had to say there's one name, you feel confident in who is that? Well, it's obviously, we'll give you the caveat that it's early, but I'm just going to give you a handful or two. Uh, Santana Fleming and Hakeem Williams at wide receiver. Uh, Johnny Williams and Kelton Smith at offensive line. Josh Miller as well, if Florida State pushes for him. Um, Sharif Denson from uh, Bartram Trail that we mentioned. Feel good there. Um, Darren Reed from Carver. Um, and then Raylan Wilson I feel good about as well. So I think Florida State's off to a really nice start for Tribe 23. Yeah, it, it would be awesome uh, to see Florida State piece together some two monster classes. And we'll talk about more of that on our next podcast where we're going to talk about uh, previewing the, 
the recruits that are going to be at the Florida State Notre Dame game, first game of the season, uh, first first time to see if Florida State's going to really be improved. Uh, we've already seen that the student section is sold out. It has all the opportunity to be Oklahoma-esque, even though Florida State lost that game. Uh, but that would be an awesome repeat. So uh, for for the Florida State of Recruiting, again, we are the three stars. Check us out on Tomahawk Nation. Uh, we are David and Josh especially live inside the recruiting thread uh, there to answer all of your questions and hopefully provide insight as they come across it again. I think that, like those guys are just basically plugged into the system. Uh, and they don't even have to check it. They just automatically get updates downloaded to their brain. That's how quick they are. But guys, any uh, any last comments before we call it a night? I just want to say it was productive September 1st. I know the kids were all fired up. It's always cool to see all their hard work pay off. You know, those kids are getting, you know, a lot of them come from nothing. So, like, when you see that all this hard work has been rewarded and they have a chance to, you know, take care of generations after generations, it's pretty cool to see it come to fruition. Yeah, and uh, that, that just kind of makes me think of that Mike Norvell camp a couple of months back when uh, when Mike gave all those kids those opportunities to get seen. Uh, and this is this is just going to be uh, the 2023 class. We could already start seeing that pay dividends. So, uh, as always, catch us on Tomahawk Nation. Go on to Apple Podcasts. Leave us some five-star uh, ratings. Leave us some comments. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, Josh, what's the official Twitter handle? The three stars. Just search the three stars. You'll be able to find us. So we got it linked in the recruiting thread. And you search you search the three stars, you'll find us. Yep. With a hot new logo. Yep. We, we got the new logo. Shout out to uh, Kevin Little over at X's and Knowles for putting that together for us. Uh, and like I said, this is a two for one weekly special. We'll be back here in the next few days talking about the Notre Dame game and who you can expect from or, or who, who you can expect to be visiting that game. I got to tell you guys, it is uh, it is look at the stars type game. There are some studs to be there. So we'll be back here shortly with updates on that. But as always, again, check us out on Tomahawk Nation.